Y'all, let's get in the word. So we had uh, we had a meeting with our college age young adults, and um, so we kind of gave them a preview of what we were going to be talking about today. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about how to pray the will of God. Now, it doesn't sound probably too exciting, but this is something as a Christian, you got to have it. Every Christian, how many Christians we got in here? Okay. Do you know their choices, thousands of choices every day that we have to make or can make? Options, right? Where to live? You know, we live in America. You know, you can leave the country and go live somewhere else too. You know what I mean? You know, they had, they had uh, $5 houses in France. Y'all remember that? That was a few years ago. Yeah, houses for $5. And uh, I was trying to figure out how I could get over there and get a house and then be renting them out, like Airbnbs or something. Like, we couldn't get over there. But there are a lot of choices that you can make every single day. Yeah? God forbid, maybe God's telling somebody, it's time to lead this church. Let's go somewhere else. Or, it's time to leave the city. It's time to leave my job and do something else or start a business. Or, yeah? I mean, it's a lot of things you can do, right? On any given day. Yeah? Any given day, there's stuff you can do. Right? So, everybody's always trying to figure out, like, what's the combination? How you know? Like, how did people know? Like, how did Jordan know he was going to be Jordan and play basketball? Because he's trying to play baseball. He played basketball. I mean, how do you know certain stuff? How do you figure out life? How do you know you're going to be good at acting or good at doing hair or good at something or you're gonna how you know how did the McDonald's dude know that he could do fast food and make money and like how do you know all that stuff you know you ever wonder about that how to know now when you're young you got a lot of possibilities in front of you right you do before you get a husband a wife um, some babies you know, that's why teen parenthood is, is, is you know, we, we, try to, we try to delay that and deter that because, you know, as soon as you have a baby, now there's a lot of choices you can't make, really, if you're going to take care of a baby, right? So there are things as a teen or as a young adult, but even as adults now, like now I'm making, whew, Sometimes it seems like I make over 100 <laughs> decisions in a day. I mean, in a day. Like just what to do here, there, 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 there. You know, they called me. It was a conflict between the new members and the praise team, and yada, yada. Like you just got to be able to make decisions. And I'm a Christian, so I want to know what the will of God is. So the will of God... Um. Well, what did Karen Clark say? Care. 
The safest place in the whole wide world is where? In the will of God, right? That's the safest place. That's the most prosperous place. If you're in the will of God, promise you, because the blessing is already working, that's what we're talking about, right? You're going to become rich. You ever heard that in church? If you get in the will of God, you're going to be rich. Because you're going to be blessed because you're going to be in the will of God. Now that's true. Because the blessing of the Lord makes what? So if you're doing what God wants you to do, he's going to bless that, right? And according to Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing that comes from the Lord, what does it do? It makes rich. So if I'm doing what God wants me to do, if I'm in his perfect will, money's coming. Hello? Smoking hot wife, she coming. Right? What y'all call a dude? I don't know. Fine, fine. That fine man, he coming. Y'all still say fine? Y'all still say fine? (laughs) She's blessed. Y'all say fine? You say fine? (laughs) Who fine? (laughs) Let nobody be fine. Somebody around that flagpole is fine today? Okay, I just want to make sure. Somebody get ready to get busted in the mouth. All right, now. When you get in the will of God, y'all, everything works right. So I'm just telling you now, you can sleep on this man as you want to. Oh, man, this is boring. Okay. But I'm going to tell you, if you, if you just knew one thing and, and find out how to get in the will of God, y'all, everything is going to work right. Somebody say amen. So now, I got to know how to discern the will of God. Because if I know the will of God, everything going good. Okay, let me ask you this. You think Noah, you think, you think Noah uh, knew the will of God? Did he obey the will of God? Proof is in the pudding because when the flood came, he was dry, right? Yeah, things going to work out. Do you know, nobody's ever said this before. I've never heard of Do you know Noah became the richest man in the world in 40 days? Do you know that? How did he become the richest man in the world? He became the only man in the world because he obeyed God, got in the will of God, and when the flood came to destroy everybody, hey, when that stuff dried up, man, whatever was left, hey, the Lamborghinis, whatever. It all belonged to him. Somebody say amen. So all the gold, everything belonged to him, yes? Why? Simply because he discerned the will of God, he obeyed the will of God, and then he became rich. Because the blessing of the Lord, what does it do? God tells Abraham, get up from where you are. Leave your kindred. Leave what you know. Now, y'all, that was a big deal back then because you didn't have highway paved roads and 
uh, police officers everywhere, you know, state troopers. When you left your people, you left the protection, everything you just out there. And somebody wanted to come, you know, jump y'all, take y'all stuff, and that was it. So he said, well, where I'm going, God? He said, I'll tell you. Oh, Lord. So he went out there on, on the word of God, the will of God, but the Bible said he became very in cattle, in silver, and in gold. God blessed him because he did the will of God. Somebody say amen. amen. And so the money and all that, everything that you're looking for, it's all in discerning what the will of God is. Amen. Right? I wouldn't be at this church right here if it wasn't God's will. Like if maybe you can pray, figure it out. Maybe you're supposed to be somewhere else. Go on over there. I'll help you. I'll give you some bus fare. Because it ain't going to work out for you over here if you're supposed to be over there. Somebody say amen. 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 Cats came down here, smaller, you know, less. We ain't got to build and all that. But y'all, this the place she's supposed to be right now. Because this is where the blessing coming. Amen. She was up there in the big church, my brother's church, right? She ain't had no husband. In three houses. Three or four cars, how many cars they got. She had it. But when she got in the will of God, come on, somebody. Whew. Got a little more money now, right? Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> that rental properties is going on. So you get in the will of God, and it don't matter about blah, 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 X, Y, Z, A, B, C. When you get in the will of God, it's going to work. So, are y'all ready to talk about this tonight? And how to discern, how to pray that out, because that's part of your prayer. That's a type of prayer, right? And we talked about the different types of prayer. There are different rules for the different types of prayer. We talked about the prayer petition, how to ask God, which is the prayer of faith, how to ask God for something and get it, right? That's what we spent most of the time on, right? Then we talked about the prayer of intercession, intercession, interceding, intercession, is intercepting, right? Turning something on somebody else's behalf because I'm praying for somebody else, right? So we're going to talk about tonight how to pray out the will of God. This is called the prayer of, big word, consecration, right? What am I supposed to be doing? Or sanctification, being set apart for something. Where? Where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to live? Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Right? And I'm going to tell you, so many of y'all in here, like a lot of the problems that you face, when, and I'm counseling you, it's, a lot of it goes back to what's the will of God. But I was supposed to start a business. Okay. Let's pray. Let's take some time and let's find out. Y'all, write this word down. Resolute. Resolute. Do you know what resolute is? How many of y'all ever heard this? All the stupid stuff that come from our culture is just, oh my gosh. And it's in your brain, and I can't see it, but it's in there. And, and like the Lord will tell me while I'm preaching, some of that stupid stuff is in your brain. And that's why I preach against it. And then you get mad at me. Well, how do you know? Well, obviously, the Lord told me. Somebody, somebody said this week, never say never. You ever heard that? Huh? Do you know what that means? That that's that's stupid. And that's a that's a uh, it creates a stronghold. 
So that means you can never make a resolute decision. Never say never. Huh? Never say never. Huh? I remember I said, I would say when I was a younger man, yeah, I, I'm not going to ever chill my wife and be around some guy. Never say never. Oh, okay. Are you going to French kiss a man? Oh, I thought you said you could never say never, though. There's some stuff you can never, you can make a resolute decision. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going home ever and drink a gallon of Clorox. Do you see what I'm saying? That stupid stuff in the culture, where did it come from? The Bible didn't teach you that. So what you got to do when you're trying to discern the will of God is stop acting. Don't do nothing. Because you don't know what to do. Right? So let's discern what the will of God is before you start doing But see, a lot of us, we try to figure the will of God out by circumstances. And that can be tricky. Hello? That can be tricky. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, the devil told me something. Well, if I'm supposed to be stay married and not divorce my wife, then let her put on a pink shirt today. That's already leaning in another direction. Do you see what I'm saying? Y'all, we don't discern the will of God by stupid stuff like that. This dude walked through the door. That's my husband. Hope he got all his front teeth, right? All that. You can't discern God's will like that. Do people do that? In the room. In the room. In this room right here. Trying to figure out what to do. You know, got lucky charms, reading horoscopes, trying to get direction. Why do people call psychics? Trying to get direction. Read horoscopes, trying to get direction. Desperate. Trying to figure something out. Hello? And then them gamblers don't say no numbers around them. Yeah, my birthday coming up. Now what? What? When your birthday? Eleven, thirteen, seven. Eleven, thirteen, seven. And then my license plate is nine twenty-three or one. So my lucky number is 11, 13, 7, 9, 13, 01. That's what I'm playing. Trying to figure out. First of all, it ain't God's will for you to be gambling your money away. No way. But just like we, and that's what people do. People look for anything to try to get an edge on something to figure out. Oh, maybe this is my. This is my lucky number. This is my lucky day. Uh, uh, just try to figure out how God is directing them in some way. Yeah? Anybody ever got desperate like that? Let me see. Ooh, y'all, Father, forgive people for lying in here in Jesus' name. Anybody ever got desperate to know the will of God and did all kind of stuff, try to figure it out? Yes. Throw the Bible up. What it fall on? 
I will judge thee. Thou, I will bring thee to nothing. The wrath of the Lord. Oh, that's the devil. Let me see. <laughs> the New Testament said, you done tossed the Bible up. You know it's going to fall in Isaiah or Ezekiel or something, lamentation. God judging people. It's going to fall in the middle. Just desperate trying to figure out the will of God. Y'all, we can use prayer to communicate with God because prayer is what? Communion and communication with God. Now, y'all, let me give you just a, a, a mental hack that's going to help you. Y'all, if it's God's will for you to do something, do he want you to do it? You think God's bright enough to figure out if you don't know what to do, you're probably not going to do it? Huh? Okay, so if he wants you to really do something, he know if you don't know what to do, you're probably not going to do it. Do you think he's using every means possible to try to get his will to you? So he's not playing hide and seek with his will. So you could probably just go to him and ask him, hey, God. And I just ask people all the time. I said, well, did you, did you ask God about that? Well, I can't hear him. I couldn't hear nothing. But you're hearing about everything else. If you can't hear nothing, why are you up talking to me? Why are you trying to correct me every five minutes and you can't hear nothing? Somebody say amen. amen. Why are you disagreeing with me if you can't hear nothing? Maybe what I'm saying is right. You say you can't hear nothing. Come on, somebody. Amen. But we's talking, doing, moving, shaking, doing everything before we know the will of God, trying to figure it out, playing crapshoot with our life. Well, maybe I'll do this, lucky seven, uh, ooh, snake eyes, what, all that stuff, trying to figure it out, man. And you don't have to because God loves you. For God so loved the world, yeah? So God loves you. And he wants you to know his will. Now, here is the problem. Here where the problem come in. Whatever I don't want to do, what do you want me to do? Hello? What if I don't want to do what he wants me to do? That's the issue, right? But y'all ever heard about that show, Father Knows Best? Because remember, if I'm doing what he tell me to do, I'm going to be rich, right? Because I'm going to be blessed, right? I don't know what Noah was doing when, when God came along and said, build the ark. I don't know. Hey, God, I was thinking about opening a barbershop, though. No, don't worry about the barbershop. <laughs> Can you get over here and build his art? No, God, I was going to, you know, start this size, you know, sneaker business, you know what I'm saying? Selling Jordans, you know, bedazzling the Jordans for the girls. And no, no, no. Can you build the But, God, I, I already started it. I done put 500 in it, right? See, that's what I'm saying. So when God comes, initially, we're like, God, what the heck? So the biggest problem is not us hearing and knowing the will of God, praying the will out. It's, it's written, the biggest problem is our will. What you think about that? All right, so let's look at some scriptures. Y'all ready? 
Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? <laughs> ready or not, here I come. Y'all already know it's going to be out the hood, right? All right, let's go to First John. Because I'm going to get in, I'm gonna get in your problem. This is your problem. This is your problem. All right? So I don't have no official notes for this, but if you're trying to discern the will of God, how about first of all, don't do nothing with the F. N-U-F-F-I-N. Don't do nothing. What I just say? Don't, no, I didn't say don't do nothing. No, don't do nothing. That's how he said in the hood. I ain't doing nothing. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. If you don't know what to do, you don't know the will of God, don't do nothing. Now, there's going to be a counterpoint that's going to say do something later. But right now, at the beginning, don't do nothing. Somebody say amen to that. Now, you might not agree, so you might not need to say amen, but I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you tonight. All right? So let's go over to 1 John 5. <laughs> oh, this is good. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. We were there the other, I think the other morning. What does it say? What does it say? And this is the confidence. What do you need? Okay. What do you need when you are doing something? You need confidence. Why do I need confidence? On the front end. Talk to me. Why do I need confidence when I set out to do something on the front end? What? To overcome. Let's just say to overcome. Overcome what? Fear, obstacles. Okay, I'm starting a business. I'm leaving my job. I'm starting a business. Every time the business get hard, I think I'm going to go back and get my old job back. But wait a minute. Did you find out at the beginning? That sounds like you were shaky from the beginning. As Karina say, from the get-go. Right? Sound like you were shaky from the beginning. You shouldn't even start it if you didn't know what you was doing. Hello? We've had women in here who couldn't have babies. So we say, hey, no, get the word in you first before you start trying to have a baby because when you, when, somewhere in that pregnancy, it's going to get rough. Somebody say amen. amen. And, 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 and we got to teach them from the beginning. Yo, it's, you married? Well, yeah. Okay, it's God's will for you to. We have to show them that first. We don't get in the middle of it, and I lose the baby, or maybe it wasn't God's will. Or it get, you know, they say it's in, the, the pregnancy is dangerous. Oh, maybe it wasn't God's will. No, we established God's will when? When? At the beginning, as the old preachers say. At the beginning. We don't get in the middle of something, y'all, trying to discern God's will. Because all we got is natural stuff. Hello? Do you know why Jesus rebuked them people? The disciples, when they came, got them up from sleeping sound on a pillow at the bottom of the ship. They woke them up and said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Now think about it. You already told us he was the Messiah, son of the living God. 
is he going to perish on a boat? Number two, at the very beginning, he said, let us go to the other side. Is that what he said? So if he said, let us go to the other side, when the storm tear rises up in the middle, why don't you just stand on what he already said? Because he said from the beginning, we're going to the other side. Now we're going to the middle of the ocean and sinking and dying in a storm. He told them when he was going to die. But he, no, he said, they're going to kill me, not a storm. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> so he knew from the beginning. And you got to know from the beginning, y'all. And I'm telling you, this is the key to successful living as a Christian. This is the key. This is the secret. He that dwells in the place of the most high. And all them blessings. But this is, the, this is one of the biggest secrets right here. And it's, it's, it's stuff that people can't see. They're not going to see it. You ever see somebody lose 100 pounds? You're like, what? what was you doing? You didn't see what they was doing. And all of a sudden, it's like, what? That stuff they was doing in secret didn't nobody see. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is the secret, y'all. I'm telling you. Don't make a major decision. Don't do nothing big. Don't, don't do nothing. What did I just say, y'all? Don't do nothing big. Nothing life-changing. Nothing relocating. Nothing status-changing. I'm leaving my job to start a business. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a business to go back to a job. I don't care what it is. It could be the will of God. But let's, let's find out what the will of God is. In this climate, getting on a plane, a train, an automobile, flying, going somewhere, and you don't know if it's God's will. Because there are different places, man. It's different places with different variants, different stuff. I mean, people, you know, and we knew people that traveled. To Houston, unauthorized or whatever, got COVID, went back and died. We know, we know they weren't even supposed to be here. And they passed already told them. But see, where they came from, COVID was low. They didn't, you know, they had the antibodies for over there and all that, the resistance over there, but then they came to Houston and we was high. So the people here, we was, you know, we was handling it. But y'all, just right now, just don't do nothing stupid. And you ever heard from God. And you're a Christian. And then number two. If you're such a. Number one. A babe. Or you're so spiritually weak and dull. That you can't hear from God for yourself. Why don't you get with. Hello. Your life group member, come to counseling, get with your pastor, first lady, or somebody that you know can hear from God and wait and hear from God with them. Because, y'all, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I will pray with you and help you discern what the will of God is. Well, pastor, after we prayed, that night I had a dream of boom, boom, boom. And I can probably tell you, well, this is what I believe God's saying. My expression around it is up jump the boogie. 
That's what a lot of people like to do. Just up jump the boogie and do something. Ain't talked to nobody. Ain't prayed about it. Haven't gotten their prayer partners on it. They ain't spent five minutes praying on it. And most of the time, uh, when people say, Israel, I'm going to pray about it, they mean I'm going to think about it. That's all they mean. Somebody say amen. amen. But we're going to teach you how to pray the will of God. All right. So here's what it says. It says, and it's the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, verse 15, and we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire him. So it says, this is the confidence that we, if we ask anything according to his will. So what's the thing we need to know? His will. We need to know his will. And there are things that we don't need to ask for his will about, especially the faith and petition. You're asking him for something, right? Find in the word the scripture that promised you. What? So, like, there are things my kids, they don't have to come get all humble and ask me. Yeah, what you, Dad, I just, just really need to know. Is it okay? I just want to know if it's okay if I wash some dishes and clean my room and take out all the trash. They don't have to ask me that, right? They know that's my will. Yes? There are things you don't have to ask God if it's his will. Father, if it be thy will. I will forgive my enemies, but they're getting on my nerve. Only if it be your will. Did he already tell you to forgive your enemies? So you ain't got to pray that. That's stupid. Somebody say amen. So faith begins where the will of God is known. But we know the will of God. When you're praying for your loved one, you know, your nephew, John John, Lord, if it be your will, save Brother John John. Are we playing that? No, we don't pray that. Why? Because the Bible tells us clearly what the will of the Lord is, right? As it pertains to, to people being saved, right? Okay, let's go to uh, 1 Timothy 2. I think we were there this morning at the flagpole. 1 Timothy 2. Verse 1, therefore, I exhort that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be made for all men. Next verse, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior, who will, everybody say will, will. This, is his, this is his will reveal, who will have all men to be saved. We don't have to pray if it's God's will for God to save somebody. Lord, save them if it be thy will. We already know his will. Yes or no, maybe so. Okay, so you can pray for your loved ones. 
But when you pray for your loved ones, you know, faith without corresponding action is dead, right? Yeah. We got a couple of funny stories. Kenny Hagen, you know, and we that's uh one of the books that we are kind of preaching from. And he was saying there's this woman, she'd get up every week at the church. Her she had two sons in the military, they're all they pray, you know, they weren't saved. He said, Please pray for my son, John John. Please pray that he be get saved. And, and, you know, filled the Holy Ghost. She was a Sunday school teacher, and she was a strong Christian herself. And, uh, and, and every time they come, say, please pray for John John that he gets saved, and his brother gets saved, they're off at war, and pray for their protection. That was cool. Can't say that was, that was all right, you know? Was, you know? We should pray for people that are at war and stuff. So then, uh, said, one of the sons, John John, came home, had a 30-day furlough. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit some points on this. Cause we don't put nothing before God, right? God first, right? God over everything, right? So John John, come on. She's faithful Christian. She's teach Sunday school every Sunday morning. Be there early, all that stuff. And then so when the when the boy come home on furlough, furlough me. He just had 30 days. He had to go back. She she don't come to church during that whole time. <laughs> She don't teach Sunday school. She got somebody else teaching. She don't come to church because she her and her son out visiting all the relatives each Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so on the last Sunday he was in town, she had a big family reunion so all the family could come see him. It was on a Sunday. They didn't come to church. <laughs> so then she kissed John John off, saw him off. He went back to war. She come to church the next Sunday. During prayer time, she stood up. She was crying. I want everybody to pray for John John. He can say. Y'all think I'm hard. Kenny Hagin's a nice guy, right? He's pretty. He's a lot nicer than me and Dr. Riser. Pastor Goo. In front of everybody. He say, uh, dear sister, we're not going to pray for him. In front of everybody. He say, no, we're not going to pray for him anymore. Why? Why? Well, because, uh, you, you know, uh, We've been praying for that boy to get saved. And he come home, you don't even come to church. You don't ask him to come to church. You don't bring him to church. You're countering what you pray. You could ask him to come to church. He heard me preach. He could have gave his life to Christ. Somebody say amen. Now, and, and you know what she said? He said, she didn't do like most of y'all. I'm leaving the church. She didn't like it first. And then she got, she's like, you know what? You're right. And repented. Somebody say amen. Mm-hmm. Here's another one he told. Another woman. Get up every time prayer me. Her husband would say, I want you to pray for whatever his name is. And he gets saved. Every son. I want you to pray that he gets saved. And then sometime he'd come to church with her. Didn't bother her none. She's standing right up in service, say the same thing. What him sitting right there? I just want everybody to pray for my husband that he gets saved. <laughs> and she kept doing it. And uh, Ken Hagen say, and he's a nice guy, right? Ken Hagen, nice guy. He didn't, he didn't bother nobody. He didn't do nothing. And last, next time she said, I just want you to pray to my husband. He said, he said dear sister, we're not going to pray for him. 
We're not going to pray for him another time. Why not? Well, for one thing, <laughs> you said this by the Holy Spirit. Listen. For one thing, you got us praying for him, but every time you get mad at somebody at the church, you go home and gossip about everybody in the church. And talk and run down everything that's going on. And the pastor and his decision, everything we do. And you wonder why he don't respect the church. Some of y'all. And your kids not serving God. But you're saying all kinds of stuff about people at the church, in front of people. Yeah. But then when your kids start acting a fool, you won't help. But then they don't, they don't respect nobody at the church because you don't ran them down. You countering your prayer. <laughs> I'm in the house, Anna. I know I am. You gotta stop doing that. And you know what she did to you? She did, she in front of everybody said it. Y'all know sometimes I say stuff in front of people. I try not to, but sometimes. He said in front of everybody. And she repeated. She got it. And her husband got saved. Somebody say amen. So we got to know the will of God. Once we know the will of God, we got to cooperate with the will of God. All right? So how do I pray the will of God out? Let's go to some scriptures. Oh, Lord. You know I love teaching the word. All right. So this prayer of consecration, we see it. And this is why many people pray wrong for healing and stuff like that. Because of what Jesus said in Matthew 26, 42. Let's go to Matthew 26, 42. So Jesus is praying this different prayer, prayer of consecration and sanctification, right? Jesus went away the second time and he prayed. He said, what did he do? He prayed. So he's talking to God. He said, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Now, let's back up to... Let's back up to 41, guys. No, let's back up to 38. 38. 38. Then he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. Why was he sorrowful? Anybody know? Unto death. Anybody know why he was sorrowful? He was getting ready to be crucified. He said, tarry here and watch with me. Keep going. And he went a little further. He fell on his face and prayed. He said, oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup, if it be possible, if it be possible, right? Or in other words, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I what, but as thou will. That is the problem. And the problem is, if we knew the outcome of God's will, if we knew the outcome, which is going to make us rich if we do what he tells us to do, we'd be all for it. But we're looking through carnal eyes. We're looking through carnal eyes. So it becomes the battle of the will. And some of us are like spoiled brat children in the spirit. That's why the Bible says over in Isaiah 119, if you are willing and oh, obedient to what? The will of God. If you are willing and obedient to the will of God, You'll eat the good of the land. That sounds like you'll be rich to me, right? 
you drive the best, you know, wear the best, right? If you're willing and obedient. If you're willing and obedient. The reason, and I'm going to say this, and people going to get mad, I don't care. The reason your knees not met, you don't have abundance and stuff, because you're not in the will of God, generally speaking. Generally speaking. If you get in the will of God, now, now according to that scripture, you can obey him, go to Isaiah 119. You can obey his will, but not really be willing in your will. <laughs> like the little boy on the plane. They, he was standing up, standing up, standing up. His parents made him sit down. He said, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. And see, that's the problem with a lot of us. Even once we know the will of God, we still going to stand up on the inside. Well, keep on standing up on the inside. You're not going to eat the good of the land. No, not my, what did Jesus say? Not my. See, Jesus had a will. I preached this one time where people were like, what? Like I was preaching heresy. Jesus didn't want to die on the cross, according to that scripture. <laughs> he said, not my will. He said, Lord, if it's any way possible, they be over here serving Buddha and stuff, let Buddha save him. <laughs> I'll have to go to the cross. He said, if any way possible, let this pass from me. He didn't want to die. He wasn't head over heels going to the cross dying. He said, but not my. He got willing though. Thou will be done. Not my will. Thou will be done. Somebody say amen. Amen. <laughs> So that's that's the, that's the key, y'all. If you're willing and obedient to in in uh, uh, invisible parentheses, if you're willing and obedient to the will of God, you'll eat the good of the land. So you got to find out what the will of God is. How do we find out what the will of God is? Huh? Well, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Right. Let's go to Romans ten seventeen. I heard, I heard uh, Pastor Goose say this, and this, whew, this changed my life. He said it at the first faith conference that I was preaching at. He said, I've, re- I've never really had a problem with faith and believing God. Uh, that was strange. He said, because I always start off with the will of God. So I hear from God first. He said, I don't have a problem building the dome because I took time to hear from God. And the dome wasn't his idea. He said, that was God's idea. Somebody say amen. So once he heard God and knew the will of God, he just lined his will up with God's will. Somebody say amen. Y'all, I didn't think up 6,100. There was so many signs, wonders, and miracles came with that. I, that, that, I didn't think that. A, look, God kept saying it over and over and over. And I lined my will up with God. And it didn't make sense when we was talking about lunging. Two people come to Bible study. How come they went? I was like, oh, Jesus. Are you sure? 6,100? Yeah. <laughs> right? So line up your will. And y'all, then your faith kicks in. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So let's go to Romans 10, 17. Now, we, y'all have heard this scripture. 
many times. Lord, help me speed up. Or maybe he want me to go this slow. Are y'all getting something? I'm trying to speed up. All right. It says, so then, faith comes by what? And hearing by the what? But let's find out what the word of God is. So we've used this to say, your faith comes by you listening to us preach over and over, which faith can come like that. But that's not specifically what that word is. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Let's see. Rhema. Oh, what does rhema mean? Rhema is not the written word. Rhema is God's will spoken to you right now. If God wants you to move to Mississippi and start a church or whatever, that's not in the Bible anywhere. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You can look at scriptures all day long, and you're not going to see move to Mississippi and start a church. You need the rhema word from God. You need the spoken word of God. You need to hear God speak to your spirit man, right? The real you, the God part of you is your spirit. So that information, this is how God works. He, he sends it to your spirit man. Now, there's a filter. Things in your spirit, the Bible says we, we have the mind of Christ in our spirit. The Bible says in another scripture, we know all things in 1 John. Y'all remember me talking about that, teaching on that? We know all things. But you don't know all things in your mind, right? But you know all things in your spirit, yeah? But you got to get that information out of your spirit into your soul, to your mind, your conscious mind. So your spirit has a mind, and then there's a mind in your soul, right? Because your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotion. Now, how do I do that? Because God's going to speak to your spirit, man. But your flesh and your carnal mind might be saying all kinds of stuff. Hello? Y'all going to move back to Charlotte. Hey, God, we, no, we already said we, not, we had the prayer agreement. We had the Matthew 18, 19. We agreed we're not moving back to Houston. We, we won't be doing that. Hello? No, but he kept speaking to my spirit. It didn't matter what my carnal mind said. And then you start trying to figure it out, Cass. Well, see, this is all y'all do. Well, God, if you want us to move back to Houston, why did you let us build a house? God might not have had nothing to do with that house. And then we say stupid stuff like that. Well, I know my credit bad, so if God, but if you, you let it go through, you let the loan go through, so it must be the will. Y'all, that, no, sir. No, sir. Alondra, they let the loan go through for you to get that Mercedes. Was it God's will? No. And that's what people do. <laughs> oh, I'm a priest to you. Because I know that's what you do. Because we try to figure out stuff with our carnal mind. Well, if God didn't want me to get the operation, then why did the doctor approve it? Gastric bypass. 
Is that the way we discern in the will of God? I don't think so. Hello? Oh, God must not want me to lose weight because they didn't approve the gastro bypass. Must not be God's will for me to get thin. Hi, yeah, 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 up in here. I know it. And that's how y'all make decisions. And that's stupid, y'all. Don't do that. You're a Christian. You're spiritual. And God will speak to your spirit, man. How do I get the information on my spirit? So people say all the time to her, God don't speak to me. You're a lying wonder. You are a lying wonder, all of y'all. God is talking to you all the doggone time. And then sometime with a word of knowledge, I come speak exactly to your situation and you'll get mad at me talking about somebody must have told them when somebody did tell me it was the Holy Ghost. And still talking about, if God would have told me, I wouldn't have did it. So who are we blaming on our mistakes now? God. No, no, we're not doing that. So he speaks to us. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema word of God, the right now word. Speak to your spirit. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, if I'd have had my way, Courtney, you wouldn't even know me because I'd still be in Charlotte right now. I did not want to come to Houston. I did not. With everything that was in me, I did not want to come. Come back. Didn't. And we find all kind of reasons. Yeah, and it's dirty, it stank down there, and it's humid. They be flooding down there, all them hurricanes. Remember? We just coming up with a list of reasons why we're not coming back to Houston. But the Lord, my sister, kept speaking to my spirit. My corner man said, no, but my spirit man kept disturbing me. Hello? That's a sign, too. That's a, that can be a sign. What keeps disturbing you, right? All right, now, and if you're not spiritual, y'all, get with somebody spiritual and be trained. Anybody ever saw Star Wars? You know, Luke was a Jedi, but he had to be what? Trained. Which movie was that? Empire Strikes Back something? Return of the Jet. Well, bro, you talking about the first ones, bro. You talking about all the prequels that came back. Nah. Well, Obi-Wan Kenobi trained him, right? And he blindfolded and he hitting, trying to hit the thing, miss the thing with the. Yeah, you gotta be trained on how to hear God. And some of y'all here, we done the biggest argument. You talking to me. I've been studying the Bible since I was six. I'm 50. They heard God, seen all kinds of signs, wonder, miracles. Pastor, I know what God said. Okay, go ahead then. And the last five times you said God told you to do something, it didn't pan out. So why are you not breaking up with your brain? Because that's all I was talking to you, your carnal mind. You got to get spiritual. Somebody say amen. You know why I hit this when I say get spiritual? Because the Bible says the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord and searches of the what? That's where your spirit man is. <laughs> That's why you can hear your spirit man a lot better when you are fasting. 
That's where fasting come in. Write this down. Fasting don't change God. It don't change the devil. It don't do nothing for nobody. Fasting don't cast out devils. Fasting don't, it don't do nothing for sickness, disease. The only thing that fasting does, it changes you. And it makes your spirit man quieter. I mean, it makes your flesh quieter and your spirit man louder. That's all fasting is for. To make your flesh quieter and your spirit man louder. Are y'all with me? So here it is. Step number one, I need to know the will of God. What am I doing? I'm booking plane tickets. Huh? No. I'm making wedding plans. Definitely not. How you get to the wedding day talking about, I don't know. What? How we even get there? Somebody didn't pray. From Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, right? I don't know. What? And I tell them too, baby. <laughs> if you don't know, I sure don't know. Postpone this wedding, call off something. See, people just be asking, doing stuff. Up jump the boogie, doing stuff. Getting on the bandwagon, doing stuff. <laughs> Nobody had a wedding in Macedonia for years. Alondra. But right after we had our wedding, boom, 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 boom. Some people jumped on bandwagons. You remember that? But everybody getting married now, so I guess, you know, and, and, and you know, thank God for what's going to pastorize the church, our church and stuff. But one of the downsides is, it's trending. Y'all, don't get married because it's trending. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Jack. You be done got yourself in a mess. You better know what God is saying. Somebody say amen. So how do we do that? Let's go to Romans 12 and 1. Step number one. If I don't know what to do, I'm not doing nothing. Not doing nothing. Number two. I'm going to quiet my flesh down. This is uh, Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What does that mean? My body got to suffer. Y'all, some of y'all has been three weeks since you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich on this fast. Your body suffered. Yeah, but your spirit is coming alive. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. So first thing is you got to do something with your body. And I'm going to tell you, when it's critical and you got to know something from God, y'all take some time out and fast. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, when it's critical, not, not this stuff we're doing, and you sitting there eating a pound of brown rice and stuff. I'm telling on myself, you know what I'm saying? Two scoops of brown rice so I can get full all that. 
because I can't eat no meat. No, no, no. Not that stuff, y'all. Y'all, when you re- when it's really critical, man, y'all, don't, don't eat nothing. How bad do you need to know? I was talking to some people say, well, go hear from God. And this day. But, yeah. Did you fast? Well, we fasted from uh, 6 in the morning to 10 in the morning and didn't eat. Did you hear something? Nah, we ain't heard nothing. Okay, how bad do you need to hear, though? <laughs> you know what I mean? Some of us, we be on the intermittent fast stuff. I fasted from 10 o'clock at night to 9 o'clock in the morning. Y'all, that ain't fasting. That's called sleep. That's why they call that first meal break fast. You breaking the fast, right? I'm saying when it's critical, y'all, turn that plate down. They say a gospel song say something about turn your plate down. You got to turn your plate down, man, and stop eating because you feeding the bees. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. And your flesh is getting stronger and stronger. And your spirit getting quieter and quieter and quieter. And you can't hear your spirit. God's speaking to your spirit. But you can't hear your spirit because your flesh is so loud. All that TV. Y'all. No, no, no. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. I'm not watching TV now. Because I'm trying to discern whether or not I'm supposed to move back to Houston. I ain't supposed to. And I don't want to. And we up here in our dream house we just built in, in Charlotte. Y'all, we had 20-foot windows on each floor. You remember this? We wake up in the morning. It sound like that music from Coming to America when he when he's waking up with the, with the violins. And we look out, and there'll be deer in the backyard drinking from the brook. This is the life. I said, no. So I, I like, man, I got my wife, I, I wasn't even good to be around me. I, I know I wouldn't. I couldn't imagine how I was acting. I had a little prayer room. I was just rolling around on the floor. You remember that, Gina? I was acting a fool. Yeah, I was. I wasn't fit to be around people, but I was mad. It was a war going on on the inside, and I was just on the floor, holding my stomach, just not eating, didn't take no bath. I was in sackcloth and ashes. Sacrifice. I did not want to come back. Aren't y'all glad I obeyed God? Too many of y'all didn't say amen. Well, you can hit the door then. Came back for your crazy self. Could have still been in Charlotte. Charlotte clean too. They don't be throwing stuff all on the street. You go out here, people don't throw a windy cup all over the street have the burger out the window. Yeah, it's nice. Pretty beautiful mountains. So I had to, I had to fast. I had to pray. Oh, oh God. And I remember, y'all, I remember this like it was yesterday. Y'all, I just woke up one day and decided, told Gina, I'm gone. <laughs> She's like, what? I said, I'm, I'm going. I got to go. If I don't go now, I ain't going to go. Y'all, I left so hurriedly. Somebody worked on my brakes. They left one of the screws out the caliber. The caliber, I couldn't even 
when I drove from Charlotte to here, I couldn't back my car up. So I had to park it in the, if I parked at a rest stop, so I had to park it in a way like that I could get out without having to back up because my, my brake caliber was, it was moving around. I drove all the way with, my, with the thing on. Men that know about cars, you know what I'm talking about. With that screw off, yeah. Had to go. Ugh. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. So I can't be sitting up watching, even like good shows. I wouldn't sit up watching the Cosby show or Leave the Beaver or or just I could, I, well, Martin, which is not necessarily a great show. But what I'm saying is, I just could, I, I, that wasn't the time. I couldn't do that stuff. I couldn't do that. Because now I got to hear from God. I'm not watching Fresh Prince reruns all day. Because now I got to hear from God. I'm not watching The Breakfast Club and Charlemagne the God and Angela Yee and, 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 and DJ Envy. Because now I got to hear from God. And I can't be, because that's all worldly, and I can't be conformed to this world or let any of that in there, but I got to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Why? That I may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect, what's the W word? Will of God. I got to know the will of God. I got to know it. And y'all, there are times of intensity in prayer, and you do it in secret. None of y'all saw me doing that. My family did. I mean, it was secret. Well, nobody else saw me doing that, but that's how you come out with a resolute decision and not looking back. And I made that resolute decision, and then things started falling in place. The social superintendent at the time, she said, Rondi, the minute you get in Houston, you got a job. Y'all, I drove straight through. This, this is the uh, uh, energy of the Holy Ghost. I've been fasting. And I, you know, I, I did eat right before I came. But y'all, you know, that's a long trip. <laughs> right? That's 20 hours, 19 hours, something like that. I drove all the way through. No break, no sleep, nothing. Got in town. Got off, of, drove North Wayside to her mama's house on, on Denton Drive. Got out took a shower, went straight into GPSD down here on Will Forest, and just as promised, when I got there, I had a $3,500 check cut. Yeah, I had not worked nothing. Dish your cell phone. And plus, we're going to pay all your expenses, your moving expenses. Reimburse, keep all the receipts. So I heard God. I did the right thing against my own will. But y'all, you ask me now, am I glad we came back? Absolutely. But I couldn't see that then. That's why I got to know what the will of God is. Somebody say amen. amen. So number one, don't do anything until you pray. And I'm talking fasting and pray. If it's a big decision, I'm getting ready to quit my job and start a business. I'm getting ready to quit my business and start back working. I'm getting ready to get married to somebody. I'm getting ready to move from this apartment to a house. I'm getting ready to whatever. If it's big, right? Number two, 
Take time to pray and hear from God. Very specific. Take two to three days to fast. No food. No food or minimal food. Some of us take medicine, we got to eat something. Eat some saltines, something that don't taste good. Take your medicine and go back to fasting. You don't have to eat a Popeye's chicken sandwich to get something to eat for your medicine. <laughs> See, we playing games with ourselves when we do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Take time. If you're serious, if it's a big deal, take time and fast and pray. And don't eat no food for two to three days. Pat, what's the long time? Remember that all that stuff was going on? We was fasting. Me and you and all them, them dudes. Well, how long we fast? That was four days? No food. Fast. So you can hear from God. Not only no food, because it, it ain't about a no food game. But I'm watching everything. I'm listening to everything. Presenting my body right now. What about my mind? I'm not listening to nothing secular. I'm not watching uh, movies. I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know. <laughs> so well, we just watch a bunch of religious movies. No, we're not watching nothing. Turn the TV off. Turn your phone off. Get off social media. Close in with God. Close in with God. And some of us can't do that because we're so carnal. We'll fall asleep. Can't do Y'all, didn't... You, your, your, your flesh is out of control. You can't go a day without eating. Your flesh is out of control. Ain't nobody in here so skinny you can't go a day without eating. I don't see nobody up in here. Your flesh is out of control. And if you really want to hear from God, you can do that. Y'all, that's what I've done at those critical moments. Somebody say amen. So take two to three days and present your body. And renew your mind with the word. That's all you got. If you can't, now, different times, we've done this, you know. And I give my wife the key, you know, tell where I'm at. It ain't no secret. She can come over there, see if you got another woman in there. She'd, say, she'd be joking. But when it's serious, get your hotel room somewhere and go in. And don't be disturbed. And don't turn on the TV. Have I ever done that? Yeah. Y'all, well, that's what... Tim, we serious now. How serious are you, though, about not making no mistakes? See, I don't like making mistakes with God because it takes my life, son, 10 years in the wrong direction, and I ain't got no time now. And some of y'all, if y'all had to listen three, four years ago, you wouldn't be where you are now or got the will of God. But you kept doing what you wanted to do. Romans 8, 7 through 8. Stop and get the will of God. Romans 8, 7 through 8. Because the carnal mind is enmity to God. You, you act as his enemy. You say you are a child of God. You love God. But you're operating as his enemy. When I kept telling God, I'm going to stay here in Charlotte and not move to Houston, I was acting in opposite to what God's will was. I was an enemy of God. 
opposing the things of God because I was in the flesh. No, carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are all in the flesh, uh, no, that'll be two uh, spicy chicken sandwiches from Popeye's. <laughs> and an extra large fry with the apple pie. And you trying to hear from God, man, your flesh, you just... Your flesh is just out of control. And you cannot please God. What does that mean? Your faith not working. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So then faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. You all in the flesh, you're not operating, you're not pleasing God because you don't have no faith. Stop, drop, get God's will. Go in your closet, go to the lake, go out on the back patio, go somewhere, go to the park. Take you a couple of days and make sure you hear from God. Now, here's how you're going to know. It's going to start off very quiet, and you'll hear something. But if you stay in that mode, because I'm not sure yet, so I'm going to fast the second day. It'll get louder that morning. Then in the afternoon, it'll be louder. Then by that night, it'll be louder. Sometimes you don't have to fast for two days and you got your answer. Now, once you get the answer, no longer than three days usually. Three days you can get an answer because your flesh is going to be crying out. you like, shut up, flesh. I'm going to go for four. Okay, we're not going to say nothing. We're not going to say nothing. We're not going to say nothing. Shh, shh. Let them hear. <laughs> Your flesh don't want to go another day. <laughs> All right. Now, once you know you heard something, and if you knew it this, get with your life group leader, get with your pastor, get with somebody. You know, bounce that off. Not, this what I'm going to do. People say that, bro. I'm not telling you nothing. Because that's painful, mama. It is. I'm not going to tell you nothing. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. Sound good to me. That's that what you decide to do. All right, we'll be praying with you. <laughs> my daughter said, so I, told, uh, I prayed about it, and God told me to get the vaccine. Somebody come to me and tell me that. What you think I'm going to say? That ain't what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, Hey, that, that, you said God told you? Yeah. You sure about that? You, you know, you might want to go back and check. No, nah, I know. Okay. All right, bro. We'll be praying for you. I used to get, get into that. No, they already came with their will made up. And see, this is the problem when we trying to discern the will of God. We already got our will made up. That's why you got to fast. To undo your will and become neutral. The fasting is so that you can become neutral. Where it's like either which way it go, God, whatever. Either which way. But it takes you time to get your flesh under. That's why you fast and do all that stuff. And stay out of carnal stuff, right? 
because you got to get your flesh subdued to the place where all you want is the will of God, not what you thinking it should be. Is it good for anybody? Is this good for anybody? All right, number one, don't do nothing. Number two, take time. And y'all, this is real simple. Get you a Bible, get you an empty notebook, and go in with God. You can go to the store. If it's some big deal, go buy you a dollar journal, a dollar spiral thing, whatever. Just start fresh and just go in with God and pray. Yes. Sure no. And in Matthew 26, 42, by the second time he prayed, see, this will represent the second day, right? He said, Father, if this cup may not pass from me. So now he knows the will of God. He said, except I drink it, he said, that will be done. By that time, he submitted to the will of God. That's all that prayer is going to do. It's going to change you. That fasting is going to change you. Now, if you ain't fasting and stuff like that, y'all don't, don't come talking to me. Because that's what I'm going to tell you to do. Amen. And you sneaking M&Ms on the fast, then you're not serious. You're the one need to hear God, right? Hiding M&Ms from me, have the M&Ms. It don't matter. You're the one need to hear God, right? Is that true or not? <laughs> All right. Now, if it's been a prolonged time, you can't hear no nothing, you ain't been... You know, you can't get with your past, you like group leader, whatever, whatever the situation may be. All right. Now, remember I said don't do nothing? All right. Y'all, you can't just sit there and not do nothing for a long time. Okay? So, if you're not sure after three to four days you done been fast and all that, <clears throat> you got to do something. Right? So, do what you feel like. But don't go doing something crazy, right? Just whatever you feel like God is saying, go start walking that direction, right? Now, if you got the Holy Ghost, and you need the Holy Ghost, somebody say amen. amen. All right. This, this, uh, this is for people with the Holy Ghost, with the prayer language, okay? So if you got the Holy Ghost, you start doing something, and you're sensitive to God, he's going to let you know. Y'all remember Jonah? He went the wrong direction, and the storm came up, and they was like, man, we got somebody ain't doing right on this boat. He said, it's me. He said, throw me overboard. They threw him overboard, the storm just went, Psh. On VeggieTales, it was all dark stuff. As soon as they threw him up, sun came out, Psh. everything started. <laughs> God will let you know, right? Let's look at Acts chapter 16. Ah, I'm out of time. Acts chapter 16. We'll, go, we'll get back here next week, even though we'll be, it'll still be the month of prayer. Is it September 30? Yeah, we'll just be off the fast. But we'll, we'll come back next Wednesday if we need to. We still got 8 o'clock on Sunday. Um, listen what it says. And as they went through the city, they delivered them the decrees for the keep that were ordained of the apostles and the elders. So they were going from different cities. Paul, you know, was called to the Gentiles. And so were the churches established in, in the faith and increased in the number daily. Now, when they had gone through 
when they had gone through Phrygia, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they are said to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not allow them. So here's Paul. He's headed somewhere. He's not waiting, praying. He's going in the direction. But when, as he's going in the direction, they say the Spirit of God stopped him. Right? So, you know, you cannot just sit and fast and pray for no 50, 60 days and be the paralysis of analysis, right? You, you got to get up and do something, especially if you're a man, you got a household, stuff like that. Yeah, I couldn't sit, up, sit around and just pray for the next 20 days. I had to do something because that job that ended up there in Charlotte and stuff like that. So I needed money. My, my wife, my family needed money, all of that. So, you know, I was going to have to do something anyway. But, and that's why I say the usual one can take you two to three days. But, y'all, if you get into a situation, you still can't hear God, whatever, whatever. Start walking gingerly. Y'all know what I mean when I say gingerly? Not running, but gingerly, carefully, circumspect, in a direction. But be sensitive to God. The Spirit of God will start talking to you even as you go if you couldn't hear him. When you were fasting. And everything he said to me, when, the, the closer I got to Houston and when I got to Houston, everything started lining up. And it, it was just more clear, more clear, more clear, more clear, more clear. Right? We had challenges when we got here and stuff. We had to live in a very smaller house than we, you know, had, had built and stuff like that at the beginning. And then those houses leading up to it still wasn't what we kept from. But God was with us. We knew we were in the will of God. Okay? So at some point, you got to do something unless you do nothing. Can't just, you know, I'm taking a year off from school. I'm just praying. Just trying to pray. It doesn't take you that long to figure out nothing. Just turn TV off, turn your phone off, take two or three days, fast and pray, hear from God, get some other people. Y'all, that's why you got a church family. Somebody say Amen. Life group, members and leaders and stuff like that. Pray with me. Pray with me. Got it in the box. Pray with me. Hello? So I know the will of God. Right? <laughs> Pastor, I'm just trying to see if it's the will of God for me to take this vacation to Disney. Well, how much is it going to cost? About $3,000. How much you got? I got 300 Case closed on the prayer. Because that ain't something you got to do no way, right? What are we praying for? Like, well, let's pray for miracle money. But I'm behind on my car now. Okay, well, wait a minute. Like, you see what I'm saying? Is it God's will for you to pay your car note? Well, maybe. Or you weren't supposed to have it in the first place. Are you going to let it go back? What, you gonna, what, what are we doing? And see, that's what I'm saying, y'all. Then we believe in God for vanity stuff. And we ain't even believe God for the stuff we need to do. Come on, somebody. Y'all, you know, people used to tell Ken Hagen the faith stuff, said, this faith stuff don't work. He said, yeah, it don't work for stupid people. Y'all, don't be stupid now. Do you see what I'm saying? We're not going to be stupid now. All right? 
We saying when it's a big deal. When it's a big deal. Somebody say amen. Come on, give God a hand for the word. Come on, let's, hallelujah. How many of y'all appreciate the word tonight?